Welcome back to Wildflower Women. My name is Megan Princewill, and you have tuned in to what I believe is actually about to be the final episode in our series on 1 Corinthians 13. I have been working this episode trying to just hear from God and figure out exactly what I was supposed to say, and I was all this time I've been thinking that it was just going to be um, breaking down love does not delight in evil but rejoices in truth. But I think it, we're actually going to um, end it. I think we're actually going to pull it all together um, and, and bring it to a close in this episode. I hope that you have enjoyed this series. If you have not listened to all of the episodes, please do. Um, last week we had a little interruption, I believe is what I titled that episode. I just wanted to share something that, um, I felt like the Holy Spirit had spoken to me that morning on my drive to work. And so I just, it just interrupted my life and interrupted my day and interrupted my opinion and my view of myself. And so I wanted to, um, I wanted to share that. So tonight or today, this morning, I do it every single time right now. We are going to look at uh, the this last section here of First Corinthians thirteen, what love is and is not, and and in the previous episodes, if you've listened to those, I broke it down in how each piece of that verse or that chapter there, where love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, love does not boast. Um, it I broke them down in how they apply to us toward other people, um, us toward God, and then God toward us. But in this one, this one is a little bit different because all three of those views really are one. Um, and I want to I want to share these thoughts with you on this. In the, in that verse, it, some some uh, translations it says, "Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth." Uh, but in one version, it says, love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. And what I want to talk about is the way that we have kind of become like the world in so many ways and that we we find joy in unrighteousness so often. We find joy in unrighteousness. Um, when you think about what is unrighteousness, in, in Proverbs chapter 6, there's a verse that talks about this, the six things the, Lord's hate, the Lord hates and seven are abomination. Uh, and those things are haughty eyes, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises evil plans, feet that haste toward evil, a false witness, and one who sows discord. And then in Galatians chapter 5, you have the works of the flesh, um, sexual immorality, moral, moral impurity, uh, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife and jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, etc. Um, and all of those things are certainly unrighteousness. And when we look at the world around us, unrighteousness is so prevalent. The things of the world are, they're completely the opposite of righteous. They are definitely unrighteousness. 
but when I thought about what, how we sometimes fail to love by not delighting or not finding joy in unrighteousness or evil is, is sometimes, um, sometimes it kind of sneaks in and, and sneaks up on us. And it's not, um, it's not what we would really think about that much. We would, we kind of think that we got it all together, but especially in the area of social media, I feel like that it is most easily seen right now in the area of social media and um, just looking at a few of these uh, one who sows discord we have to be so careful to not be one who sows discord I there there are so many times that I just I just feel sad um, when I read things that people have posted on social media or comments that people have made on social media. Um, I, I used to hear all the time um, people quote that verse that says offenses will come. Um, and I feel like that that's an attitude of in, 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 in the world today of offenses will come. If you get offended, you get offended. But I, I have a right to say what I want to say. And and it is it, freedom of speech. I can say whatever I want to say. And it, even if I'm coming onto your post and I'm commenting on your post and I'm degrading you and I'm telling you how wrong you are and you get offended, offenses will come. But what is so scary about that attitude and about that mindset is that when you say offenses will come, get over it, offenses will come. We fail to finish that verse because that is in the that is that is it's in the Bible. The Bible says offenses will come, but it goes on to say, "But woe unto him who is the offender! Woe to him who brings the offense!" Um, not that we're supposed to be tight-lipped and not speak up and stand for truth. This this verse actually says it, we, that we are to rejoice in truth. That means we are to proclaim truth. We are to fight for truth. But so often in our what we view as our fight for truth, we end up rejoicing in unrighteousness. We end up being the one who sows discord. We, we say what we feel like we need to say. Um, it, you know, it, it's just... It's so, it's such a, it can happen so easily, um, even just in a response um, to someone. Maybe, maybe someone says something and it's, we, it doesn't, it's not the response that we wanted. And so our response back to them is, oh yeah, whatever, it's fine. It's okay. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want you to do that anyway. And our attitude is, it's really, it's, it's hurtful. It, it's, um, it is sowing discord whenever we, we respond to people, um, out of our own hurt and our own, uh, disappointment. We're, we're letting that seed be planted for discord. We're le- we're letting there be, um, we're, we're giving a place for a wedge to come in. Um, and that is not how we're supposed to be. That is not love. Love, love, we've talked about it so many, like all the different ways that love is, um, the things that love does, it's patient, it's kind, it's not jealous, it doesn't boast, it does not dishonor, it is not self-seeking. 
when every every single time we say how what we think or we we oppose someone or we have to voice our opinion because we know the truth and and we don't you know offenses will come here you go we're seeking our own gratification in a way we're seeking our own um our own pedestal to put ourselves on to say look i know the truth and i'm right and my opinion is this and and my words are so eloquent and i need to say this to you because you need to hear it from me and and blah 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 we go on and on and on and we say it in as if we're saying it for god but so often i feel that that we're saying it in our own self-seeking ways um and some of these other the works of the flesh um strife and jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambitions dissensions uh factions envy all of those things we see that so much in our um online correspondence with others in our in our social media interactions and and know that this could go a million different ways um, into other areas of 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 life. Just one that I I always I just I can't I can't not think about when I think about finding no joy in in unrighteousness or not delighting in evil. Um, just a few weeks ago, I have been known to love a good murder mystery um, or. Um, crime show. I, I love the CSI shows. Um, I watched Criminal Minds up until the point where it just got a little too um, gruesome. Um, but I love those types of shows. And, and one day, just a few weeks ago, uh, maybe a couple of months ago, I, out of nowhere, I don't even think I was watching TV, uh, but I just felt like I heard the Holy Spirit ask me or say you are being entertained by death you're being you have you found yourself in a place where you are allowing where death is entertaining um and while these people are not real people they're not uh you know they're actors they're not really dead um the reality is in all of those situations if it was real life would those people who died would they go to hell or would they would they go to heaven and if in in most of those shows they're not people that are living righteously they're not people that are um living for god they're they're you know they're not their their hearts are not in the hands of the father and so if they were to die in real life would i find their death as entertaining definitely not because there's nothing entertaining about someone going to hell. And so I had to step back and look at what I was watching and really I I felt that like conviction of I I can't allow myself to be entertained by death anymore. Um it and it's not. It's really it's it's almost it was like almost a switch that flipped that it's not entertaining anymore. Um it's not like I find myself, oh, I can't wait to turn this show back on. I can't wait to see it this week. Um, I just, I, it, I'm not entertained by it. it. It's like it now it, it grieves my heart because I, I'm, I, can't, I can't be entertained by the thought of someone going to hell. 
And that is, that is, is the love of God. The love of God does not delight in evil. The love of God finds no joy in someone going to hell. Um, the Bible says that, that his will is that none would perish, but that all would find everlasting life. So I know that God rejoices in the truth and rejoices in love because he wants every person on earth to find him. Uh, but it's those little things. And, and if, if we can evaluate our lives and look at the things that, that bring us joy um, or that, that make us smile, that make us feel like we're alive, are they, are they truth? Are, they, are we rejoicing in truth or, or are we rejoicing in evil? Um, in Galatians chapter 5, the same, right after it tell, talks about the works of the flesh, it says, this is the fruit of the Spirit, and that we are to live in the Spirit. The Bible says that um, in uh, Galatians 5 verse 17, it says, For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. And that is just what this verse is. It is one opposing the other, delighting in evil versus delighting in truth. And so our flesh, that is the evil versus the spirit which is truth and and we see this the works of the flesh versus the works of the spirit and the works of the spirit it says they are love joy peace patience gentleness goodness faithfulness self-control that is the work of the spirit when we are living in the Spirit and when we are walking in the Spirit and we are not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, but that we are seeking God with everything and we are allowing Him to take off the blinders and to show us where we're lacking His love, where we are delighting in evil, where we are offending others in His name, but it's really a self-seeking gratification for ourselves. All the little things that, that we do, that because we are flesh, our, we are flesh, but God has made a way for us to, to crucify the flesh. The Bible says to crucify your flesh, to take up your cross daily, that it's not a one-time thing. Today, I had to ask God to forgive me for not putting him first. Forgive me for not finding this, this moment as a priority, to speak the word of God, to speak truth. I have to take my cross up daily. That is what the Bible tells us. If it, I don't think that if, it, I, I know that, that God understands it is a daily process or else he wouldn't have put that in the Bible. He wouldn't have allowed us to have to read, take up your cross daily because every single day is our flesh warring against our spirit. Every single day, our flesh fights the spirit. The evil fights the truth. And we have to determine that at the end of the day, we will see that the spirit won. It might not win every time. We will. I will mess up. I will get aggravated. I will um, be annoyed at somebody. I will not. Uh, there will be moments where I am not patient. There will be moments when I am not kind. There will be moments when I am not gentle. There will be moments that I have no self-control. But setting my heart on God and understanding that he is greater. Greater is he that is in me. Greater is the spirit of God within me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me. And he will forgive. First of all, my sins are forgiven. Every single time I fail, he is faithful to forgive us. The Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he is faithful 
And I know, I know that the Spirit will win. I know if I will trust in Him and if I will keep my heart wanting Him and wanting to fulfill the fruit of the Spirit, to walk in the fruit of the Spirit and to not fulfill the lust of the flesh, I'll make it. I can make it through this life fulfilling what God has called me to do and by rejoicing in truth. Um, so rejoice in truth. Look at your life and, and I encourage you to examine your life. Examine the things that make you happy. Examine the things that bring you joy. Examine the things that you enjoy. Examine the things that um, you feel like make you feel alive. Examine those things and, and, and put them into the the shine them in the light of the word and and let them reflect off of of the the mirror of God's word and the truth of who he is and who we are called to be and if it does not line up if it is falling into that category of unrighteousness and evil lay it down find the truth and rejoice in that um and the truth is love, loving others. And, and so in these last few things, the last few, uh, parts of this chapter, um, first Corinthians 13, it says, um, love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Um, and I had never really thought about what it means to bear all things um, until just a few moments ago. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't even know what that means. And, and did a, a, looked it up to see what, 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 what there is out there about breaking that down and what that word means. And, and I, I believe that the word that is used there typically means faith, um, but it's more of more of a um, bearing others, bearing, uh, Galatians 6, 2, it says, uh, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And in this, it, it made so much sense when I read it like that, that, that love bears all things. Love bears the burdens of others. Love bears all things. Love does not say, never, uh, hey, your problem is too big. You're your burden is too big. I can't, I can't help you with that. I'm, I'm going to walk away. No, love bears that. If you love someone, you bear that burden for them. Um, you believe, you believe the truth. Love believes all things. It believes the best. It never just accepts this is how this person is going to be and they're never going to change. No, it believes and it speaks to the king in the person rather than to the fool. It speaks life over that person. It hopes in every situation. No matter what comes, love hopes. Love holds on to that everlasting hope, that eternal hope that we have that says, you know what? I know that I know that I know that God's word is true and that he said, all things work together for the good of those who love them, who love him and are called according to his purpose. He said, I know the plans I have for you, plans for to uh, bless you, to prosper you, not plans for evil. I have the hope set before you. I, I press on to the mark of the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus. That hope, that eternal hope of Christ Jesus, that we will see him face to face. No matter what happens in this world, we will see him face to face. It hopes in every situation. It holds out 
and it hopes. Love endures. Love endures in the hardest days. In our relationship with others, when it's hard, love endures. When it's ugly, love endures. When it's painful, love endures. Our love for God endures the, the things that he causes us to walk through. Someone said last night um, in a small group, they, they, they quoted a pastor, and I don't know who the pastor was, and I know that I will not quote it exactly like them, um, but just know this, this didn't come from my brain. It, it, it came from God speaking to somebody else first, but the quote went something like, um, faith that cannot, be, uh, that cannot um, hold on, into the trials of today cannot be trusted with the plans that God has for tomorrow. And so hope endures. Hope, I mean, uh, love endures. Love trusts God and holds on. That faith is grounded and it endures and it knows that, no, I know the God I serve will get me through. Love endures in the hardest days. It loves it keeps on loving. And the last one, love never fails. And through all of these, through all of these, love never fails. Love is patient. It never fails. Love is kind. It never fails. Love is, je- is not jealous. It never fails. Love does not boast. It never fails. Love does not dishonor. It never fails. Now we fail. This is, this is that flip side of God to us because the truth is we fail. We as humans will fail. We are not perfect. We will not ever be perfect until we are in the, the, the heavenly body that God created and our sinful human nature and flesh has been left behind. But God is love and he is perfect and he cannot fail. God's love cannot fail. So even when we fail, his love never fails. And that, you know, we have said so many times that God is love. Love is God. There is no love apart from God. So this verse is essentially saying that love, that God bears all. He bears all of our burdens. He bears all of our burdens. And the Bible tells us to bring our burdens to him to lay them on him and let him carry them. Um, He believes in us. Love believes all things. Love believes the best in us. God sees the best in us. God believes that in us. He is constantly through his word speaking to to the king in us and not the fool. He is speaking to us. He chastens those he loves. So even in those moments where we feel conviction, he is loving us. And that is because he believes in us. He believes that we're going to choose him. He holds out. He hopes. His love, God hopes, and he holds out hope through every situation that we're going to turn to him and that we're going to trust him. He endures through the hardest days. He never turns away. God never turns away. God never fails. His love never fails, and that is where we should strive to love others in in a love, the type of love that never fails. And like I said, we will because we're human, but to strive for that, to lay aside the things of this world, to lay aside the unrighteousness, to find no joy in unrighteousness, to find no joy in, in evil, but to delight in truth, 
the truth of who he is, the truth of his salvation, the truth of Jesus being the one and only way, the truth of love, the truth of forgiveness, the truth of heaven, the truth that sin will separate us from him, the truth that Jesus is coming back for a spotless bride. And those who are in Christ Jesus, when he comes back, when that trumpet sounds, we will rise up to meet him in the air and we will live for him live with him forever. The truth of his word, when Jesus told them, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will return. I will come back for you. I am coming back for you and I am preparing a place for you. That is the truth of God's word. The truth that God loves us. And we need to to see that truth and that love in a way that we take it, we pick it up, we put it on us as if it is our only, our only clothing, our most, our most, uh, the most beautiful robe that we could wear, and we take it out, and then we take, we take more uh, beautiful robes of love, and and we lay it on those in need. We lay it on those that are that are lost. We, we, we share this love, the most beautiful banquet meal. We invite those in who are hungry and we share the love. We share the love of God with them. So that I believe, let me flip my pages here. The, the last verse of that, um, the last part, verse of that, uh, chapter first Corinthians 13, it says, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Love. Love wins. Love wins. True love, the love of God. So love it, God is love. Love is God. Love wins. That means God wins. The love of God wins. So take that love. I encourage you to take the love of God out into the world around you. Look at your life. Evaluate. If you are delighting in evil or delighting in unrighteousness, let God, let God just take those things off of you. Surrender those things to him and let him work love in you. Let him work love into your heart, into those places that you would delight in truth and not in evil. So thank you so much for coming on this journey with me through 1 Corinthians 13. Like I said, I did not realize that we were going to end it um, in this episode, but as much as I've struggled with this episode, I, I feel like, I feel like it was exactly the way it was supposed to go. So I am excited for what's next. I probably will, um, take a couple of weeks. Uh, this is the, this will be the last episode of this season. I know this was a little bit of a shorter, um, time, but I, I think I can't make any promises, um, God does what he wants to do, but I think that we are going to uh, do a study on Jeremiah um, next at the ne- in the next season. Um, so I'm going to take a few weeks and kind of dive into that and um, get as much out of it as I possibly can and make some notes and see and see where God's going to take us. Um, and I'm really excited about that. So Thank you. I love you. If you are, uh, if you have not heard it today, you are loved. You are precious, valuable. You are worthy of love. 
Um, and I love you. And I am so thankful to have you. We'll talk again soon.